Tonight, we're taking your questions and talking about kink. Welcome to BSing with Barak and Sheba on the Erotic Awakening Podcast. This podcast includes frank discussions of highly sexual topics. If you are offended by this type of content or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. So what are we talking about tonight? I don't know. I don't know. We got, we got tons of questions. We got all kinds of things that we've been doing in the past like two or three or four weeks since, since we've been you know, wrapped up Cope and we've been out to Folsom Fringe and we've done all those great things. So, uh, you know, you want to jump in with a question? Yeah, I, I had a lot of questions while I was actually at Cope and then again while I was at Folsom Fringe where people were going, oh my God, Sheba, you have so many outfits. Where did you get all your shit that you wear? No, no, you, you know what? I heard one comment about that. I had I heard the, that Sheba's dresses were, Sheba's dressing was just like Ohio's weather. Mm-hmm. Give it about five minutes and it'll change if you don't like it. Yes, exactly. Um, I got a lot of my stuff. Um, some of you don't know this, but I work for a rather large lingerie company. <laughs> so I get a lot of stuff at discount uh, from there. Um, I get a lot of stuff at costume shops here in town or even online. I like to frequent stripper stores. You can get a lot of stuff at stripper stores. Um, and they, they are also online. Um, vendors at events are a great place to get all your kinky goodness. Um, eBay is a great place to find kinky fabulousness. Um, also, you can get it at regular shops. I mean, go to Macy's, you never know what the hell you're going to find at Macy's or TJ Maxx or whatever. Um, so I would say just keep your eyes open and also find a local tailor in your area who can do custom clothing. So if you do find something that you like online and you can't afford to buy it, maybe you could get the fabric and have a local tailor make it for you. And, and, you know, aside from, aside from ordering my kilts from utilikilts.com, <laughs> You know, which, or where's the t-shirt place that you get your crazy oh, I, I ass love, t-shirts from? I love from. wickedjester.com and I love um, t-shirthell.com. Mm-hmm. Two of my favorites. And I also have them I have them custom made on Zazzer or I will uh, do any number of things. And, and Wait, you custom made your own for the last event that we went to. That's true, that's true. We, went, had... we were at Folsom Fringe and decided uh, that... They, they did the same type of thing that we did at Cope for their theme, which was heroes and villains. And, and Beric just was not happy with his hero from Cope. So he decided to remake himself as Uberdom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I had one of those, what is it, what is it, you with the double dots on it called the... You with the double dots? Right. It's called, but it's, it's got a specific name and I'm forgetting what it was right, right at the moment. But it's like, I don't know, whatever. It's, it's, it's one of those ooh sounds. But it was so cute because you made that yourself. That was mm-hmm. adorable. And that's on my, you know, you can see the, the shield that I had on my shirt on my FetLife profile, which is, a, 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 it's still, you know, it was on a black t-shirt and I had a, a wonderful cape that, that we had made and with all the sparkly, shiny stuff. Yeah, I was going to say the cape had sparkles and yeah, shiny yeah. stuff on it. It was adorable. It was hilarious. <laughs> so um, I, I also, when it, whenever I'm looking for uniform type stuff, which is going to be something we um, we are mentioning specifically for a reason, but we're not going to tell you what it is. Um, at military supply stores, military surplus stores, there is a place here in. Uh, there are several places here in Columbus. Uh, surplus World is one of them, and then there's uh, Army Navy Surplus. Army Navy Surplus, and then there's um, something merchandise. What's that called? General merchandise. General merchandise, maybe. That's I don't where know. I got my stun guns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I have a beautiful pink stun gun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like. A million volts or some shit like that. Absolutely, crazy ass <laughs> stuff. So that's what uh, that's the first question. That's you know kind of us having fun with uniforms. 
We we do, uh, as you know. My kink is SM, mm-hmm. stand and model. Yep. <laughs> and uh, and my kink is uh, making Sheba happy. So. <laughs> so we. Uh, That's a good kink. That's really it works for me. <laughs> I, I'm sure it does. I'm sure it does. So we uh, we had a really great time uh, at Cope. Cope was totally amazing. The energy was fantastic. Yeah, it was. You know, it was it was one of the best we've ever done. It was one of the smoothest that we've ever run. You know, we have a, an incredible staff. Yeah. You know, our, our staff is absolutely incredible. Everybody just did their thing and was able to have fun, was able to work a little bit, was able to make sure the event stayed smooth. And, you know, all of us got a chance to play and, and a lot of a lot of free time to, to just to just experience our kink. Yeah, and we announced a, a brand new program that we're doing just for volunteers mm-hmm. at our events, which was the volunteers are going to get to buy tickets to the next event earlier than anybody else does. Mm-hmm. And as so. you know, as, as, as the listeners may know, uh, Cope and Wicked are, are some of the fastest selling events in the country. The last uh, Cope sold out in, what was it, 11 days? 11 days. 11 days, and uh, we're anticipating, I've seen the, I've seen the FetLife... Uh, Winter Wickedness 2012 page. Yeah, according to that, like there's 297 people already coming. And... No, 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 no. There's uh, <laughs> it's it's something like it's something like 200 Some crazy and... ass like 450 500 people already think that they're going to either maybe be there or going to definitely be there. And considering that we only have what 350 attendees who can come, and then we have the vendors and the project uh, the presenters. Yeah. Maybe four twenty-five total. <laughs> we sell, we sell out. At, we sell we out are going to try to shove you in there like sardines into a can. No, not we're really. Not. No, we we're like not. it when it's comfortable. So, mm-hmm. so like we announced at Cope, we are you know in the process of looking for a bigger place so that we can definitely fit more people in because we know that you kinky people like to get your shit on. So we're looking. We're in the process right now. So hopefully within the next year we will expand the event mm-hmm. and be able to have more kinky fun with you. But not too much. We're not going to expand it too much. No, I don't want to be one of those events that has like a thousand people because no, then no, I no. don't get to say hi to everyone. Exactly. And you might not get to see my outfits. Right. Which of course is. <laughs> Which is the key thing, right exactly. there. Exactly. Um, I think that I think that when we do this, we're going to expand it by another hundred hundred people. So right now we sell out at three hundred, um, and we may bump it up to about four four and a quarter. Uh, the, the play spaces we're looking at have a, an increased ceiling, have a larger uh, play area, have a bigger area for vendors. So we are looking at expanding probably by about twenty five, maybe thirty percent at the most. Mm-hmm. We're not we're not interested in becoming a um, a gigantic event where it's 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 just thousands of people and you can't find anybody and you you're lucky if you see your partner on the weekend. We what we want to do is maintain that community feel and we want to have a great time with mm-hmm. all of our kinky friends. Yeah. So there's that. And ooh, we have an article out, babe. We just had an article that came out yesterday it's on true. Sexes Magazine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, and we originally labeled it something to the effect of. What, what was the original label? The original? Oh, oh, it's not the continuum of kink. Well, that's what that's part of it, and and then we re- renamed it to um, it's not it's not it's not all fun and games. It's not all whips and chains. So we so we renamed it. It's not all fun and games, or it's not all whips and chains, and and then it got changed again to um, how far do you does how far do you want to go down the rabbit hole or something yes. like that? How far would you like to reach down my hole? Oh. <laughs> Oops, up my hall. <laughs> <laughs> so that's out at uh, www.sexismagazine.com. Um, you can you can take a look at it for free there. Mm-hmm. 
We're, it's already it's already uh, got some rave reviews, and we're all, all all very excited about writing for Sexes magazine. It's a lot of fun. And what about what about another question? Let's take another question. Okay, let's take another question. Ha ha! Here we go. Oh, here we go. I keep hearing people say. I have been kinky since I was a kid. I tied up my stuffed animal and that made me kinky. Or I beat the neighbor up when I was five. Something like that. Something to that extreme. Um, but I'm not so sure um, about that. Like, I mean, what's your opinion on it, Barrick? Is it nature? Is it nurture? Do you think we're born with a kink gene? I don't know. I, you know, I mean, or do I, you think it's the Catholic upbringing? It might be. <laughs> it might be a combination. I, I can say that. I can say that. Um, my first kink experience was that young was, you know, when I was about eight or nine, I um, had a neighbor friend of mine and I had manufactured a whip out of um, metal rod and a length of some form of car tubing. It was like, you know, this. this... And we still have it, folks. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. <laughs> it was, you know, it was a six foot length of, of maybe a quarter inch inner diameter uh, rubber tubing. Ow. Well, it didn't hurt me a bit. And, um, <laughs> so I, I would, you know, whip it out at him and, and we had a great time. He was holding on to the, you know, the, the, the pole down in the basement and screaming and we were having a good old time. At least I was. And, um, you know, so I don't, I don't know. It might be the, 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 you know, some kids like to hurt people and some people like to be hurt or some people, you know, like the, like the thrill of being, of being, um, uh, pleasured in that way i suppose i i don't know i would say that i i would say that with some people it's both uh-huh i can remember probably being about 10 and, and doing a lot of role play at that age with my girlfriends on you know the the being tied up and being the damsel in distress or whatever or or being the the villain we would take turns going back and forth um but i i, I don't know that it was that or i went to Catholic school, so maybe it was all the kneeling and <laughs> praying for forgiveness. <laughs> I don't know um, if it was scenes from a crucifixion that that did it for me. So. Yeah, I don't know. I can say I can say that um, as a child, I was always you know I'll tell you as a child I was always turned on by forcing women to do things, not like in actuality in my fantasies. You know, in in my fantasies, I can't was, even imagine being your babysitter. No, no. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god i had i had a babysitter she was um we should role play this oh i know <laughs> and her name was diane and the thing i remember about her was she had these absolutely lovely big pyramidical breasts and um pyramidical yeah it was weird it was like they were kind of like they were kind of there were definitive edges to them it was odd <laughs> and um i remember them being very large and and even back then i was highly sexual and i was probably 11 and she was probably 17 or 18 and um, back then, it was, you know, my fantasy to seduce and force the babysitter to do things, right? So, um, you know, while I was while I was self-pleasuring and looking at my dirty magazines, my porn magazines, because I, of course, back then read Gent, the home of the D-cups, you know, because I was always, I've always <laughs> been into bigger, rounder, lusher women. Um, I remember specifically when they had spreads of two women together spreads <laughs> dun, 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 spreads of two women um and they'd be playing you know they'd be touching each other or whatever posing in various and sundry uh, lusciousness and i would look at them and I, I my fantasy was that i was the one doing the commanding of their play 
And so that that began. I, I mean, even as a, as a young man, I I I I, th- I sought out that you know kind of powerful type of commanding type of sexuality. So, do I know where it comes from? Who knows? You know, I mean, I know that part of that sexualization came from my parents. You know, they were very sexual beings, and um, you know, I mean, they're children of the '60s, and I would come downstairs, and there was my mom sitting on the couch with. Uh, you know, her friends and, uh, you know, they were in various stages of, of undress and I wasn't sure, you know, I mean, I approached her later and uh, was she a swinger? I don't know. I don't think so. She never admitted to it and we have enough of a relationship. She would have. So I just think that, 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 that sex and, and nudity was a little more, uh, lax or free back in the, the, the early seventies, late sixties. So I, I don't know, you know, I mean, maybe it was just that we were both raised in a, you know, there, there was first highly sexualization and then there was a, a little bit of a repression as we got into our maturity. And so we had to continue that old level. I don't know. No, my, my repression started from the very beginning. So I don't know. I, no, I got nothing else on that. You got nothing else on that? I don't know. I mean, you know, I could say that I could say, you know, with the nature versus nurture topic, you know, I've always been highly sexualized and, and, and my, you know, I know that my father was and my, and my mother was and, and, um, so what are you leaning toward? That's what I'm asking. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, it could be both because it could have been, I, I was already, you know, a highly sexualized being. And then with the addition of, of them nurturing me in that way, I don't know. It's hard. It's, I, I can't answer that question because I think it's a bit of both. Huh? Yeah. Huh? I would have to agree. Okay. I think it's probably a bit of both as well. Yeah. I think I think a lot of us are born with it. You know, mm-hmm. it's something that we can't avoid. And I think that people who do try to avoid it get themselves into trouble. Mm-hmm. You know, and end up being the people who you know you see on the news doing things that they shouldn't have been doing. So, mm-hmm. uh, just my opinion. Yeah. I think that learning to accept it, even if you learn to accept it, like you know, later in life. You know, I think I think and, and, and that's another that's another whole piece was the accepting part of it. It took me, you know, once once we once you dragged me into kink, kicking and screaming, it took me Yeah, kicking and screaming. I, I, well, no, no, stop. <laughs> Don't <laughs> but, I, but I think that, that that you know, even when I got into kink, it took me probably two years to actually accept my pensions at 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 sadism. You know, consensually hurting somebody, um, even even th- that it was consensual, it took me a little while to accept that what I would consider aberrant part of myself until I realized, no, this is a natural thing for me. This is, you know, I do get a sexual charge from hurting people who like to be hurt. Mm-hmm. That's that's the caveat right there, right. though, is it, you know, it is a consensual act mm-hmm. and Absolutely. it is between people who like to be hurt and people who like to give pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I found I found that that you know, especially in my job as an, as a trauma nurse, as an ER nurse, you know, causing people pain when they don't want pain is something I don't like doing. But it's consensual there as well. <laughs> well, no, it's, it's 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 while it's consensual, it's you know, it's for their greater good. Mm-hmm. So it's not you know, but 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 you don't get any joy out of I it. I don't know. I don't. I don't really get much joy out of it. Um, 
That's a wink toward her. Um, <laughs> no, I, I really don't get a lot of joy out of actually causing people physical pain when they don't want it. Right. For instance, when I stick an IV in somebody and it and I, I don't immediately find the vessel or whatever and I have to dig around a little bit, that's not something I want to do. It's not something I enjoy doing. Um, I enjoy making sure that they get help and they get healthy and heal it and healed. So I make sure that I, I do what I can to, to bring them comfort as opposed to. So then do you think that maybe it is your nature to be a giver? Oh, sure. Well, yeah, I, I certainly think so. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm very, I'm very, you know, I, I'm very service oriented. I agree. You are service oriented. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, look at what we do in the community. You know, we, you bottom to this whole community all the time, babe. It's partially true. And, um, and it's, it's true. We do, you know, we're both very service oriented me more than Sheba. Definitely. Um, <laughs> but because I enjoy, I enjoy bringing pleasure to people. I enjoy making people happy, making people smile. I enjoy, um, giving people, uh, the fruits of my labor. You know, I love working in, in the kink labs and creating new things so that when I put them out there, people can, you know, and it's not the thank you. I'm not looking for the thank you. I'm looking to see them enjoying it and see the smiles on their faces when they're, when they're accepting the gifts of our creation. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I really like. So, so nature versus nurture. I can tell you that I'm naturally a giving and, um, uh, service oriented, do gooder type of person. Um, you know, to a certain extent, I won't, I won't, I certainly won't do good at the expense of myself. You know, I won't, I won't harm myself to do good for others. But, you know, when I, when I have an opportunity to offer them something good, I, I'm good with that. Mm-hmm. And I think that I'm, I'm naturally a person who, Receive, ex- receive who loves to receive right. service in its many forms. And I also love to receive pleasure. And sometimes that pleasure comes in the form of, exquisite types of pain, mm-hmm. you know, but I think that it was nurtured into me through my upbringing, through my parents being as repressive, uh, you know, a household as we were. Um, I think that that helped along, you know, with the, the Catholic school girl type mm-hmm. behavior. Yeah. Certainly. Certainly. Mm-hmm. All right. So it's a little both for yeah. me. I think you're right. I think it's, I think it's a little both. Yep. So, you know, we've been to we didn't talk, you know, we've been to, we've also been to, you know, we've answered that question, but we've also been to Folsom Street Fair and we've been to Folsom French. Yeah. But the street fair was incredible. It was. I mean, I, I don't get me wrong. I loved Folsom French. I, I really had a great time going out to uh, San Jose and, and hanging out with all the kinky folks out there. It was wonderful to see, you know, how different things are and yet how they stay the same. Yeah. It was amazing to see that the, the demographic was, was damn near the same, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, the people there, I mean, you could feel the, the family community vibe just mm-hmm. like you do at our events. And so it felt like we had just kind of transplanted ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, into another like AIS type of of situation. It was, it was really like a homecoming. It felt really good. It felt very welcoming. Mm -hmm. Um, the people there were incredible. Yep. And, and the people who organized the event, um, Miss Tender and, uh, Dan, and, uh, uh, master Jerome and slave Mita and, and all those people that, that we met and some of the people that we didn't meet 
really made us feel welcome and, and were very accommodating and, and just wonderful hosts. Yeah, absolutely. It was a great event. Yeah. And, and we met some people, too. We met some interesting people. Absolutely. We met people from all over. I was surprised. We met some people from New Orleans mm-hmm. who came out, or Norlands, as they call it. Norlands. Norlands, as they call it. <laughs> and, 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 and it was great meeting them. We had people come down from San Francisco. Um, we had we had uh, uh, we had other event organizers there. We had uh, met uh, hung out with some other presenters. We hung out with some of the the attendees. It was it was a blast. Some new, a lot of new people there too. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. a good time. But Folsom Fringe, but F- F- Folsom Street Fair. Yeah, that was a totally different experience altogether. That was so freeing. Mm-hmm. You know, I can remember at one point it just. Um, Looking over at Barrick, both of us, tears in our eyes, just, you know, expressing, wouldn't it be incredible if this could happen in Columbus? You know, I, I mean, it was in a seven block area. There were 300,000 people who were able to be free enough with their kink and with their proclivities to share that with everyone there and not feel any shame or any repression about who they are. You know, it was complete and utter acceptance. Mm -hmm. It was beautiful. It was, it was amazing, you know, and not to mention there were fabulous gay boys everywhere in tight leather. (laughs) It was every girl's fantasy. (laughs) And, and one of the things that I was talking about as we're, as we were traveling home that night is, you know, what we do out here is absolutely fantastic, you know, is, is so much fun and brings a little piece of the kink world to a, to a, um, an audience and a, and an attendee and a, and so forth. But being out there at Folsom street fair, it's, and the difference is this, it's like the difference between having wonderfully cold bottled spring water and dipping your face into the spring. Yeah. You know, there's not too much of a difference. I mean, like if you don't know any better, the, 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 the bottled spring water tastes refreshing and wonderful and and don't get me wrong it is it's completely wonderful but when you go to an event like Folsom Street Fair and you see hundreds of people thousands of people hundreds of thousands of people getting their kink on and not worrying about you know oh if my friends see me oh if my family sees me oh what if this happens oh what if that happens and just you know experiencing developing, discovering their sexuality in a way that doesn't have any inhibitions mm-hmm. and doesn't have anything external blocking it. It's, it's, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And it is such an experience. So if you have an opportunity to go to the Folsom street fair, um, San Francisco every year, late September, if you have an opportunity to do this, we highly recommend it. Um, and even if you're, if you're, whatever your orientation is, whether you're straight, not straight, queer, gender fluid, blah, 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 <laughs> whatever, you know, whatever your orientation is, yeah. you know, yeah. whether you're, whether you're, there was everyone out yeah, there, everybody, everybody in every range, you know, and it was just, gorgeous. I mean, the, the, the age range, I mean, there were some 18 year olds. No, there were people there with their children, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but like, Babies, not like you know, five year olds. <laughs> right. But um, but there, I mean, it was it was incredible to people who were probably in their late seventies, you know, naked together walking down the street. It was fabulous. We saw this older couple that I swear to God they had to have been seventy five, retired, mm-hmm. um, wrinkles everywhere, 
smiling, the biggest smiles you can imagine. And that was the only thing they were wearing besides their shoes. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful. Yep. I can see Barrick and I doing that. <laughs> totally. Totally. And, and I mean, we, and there was great cruising and photo opportunities. Mm. There was, you know, speaking of cruising, Barrick got cruised. <laughs> you should have seen him. He was so cute. He came running up to us. You're never going to believe this. Some cute boy just grabbed my ass. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. He did. And then disappeared into the crowd. Yes. It was a shame. It was a shame because he was such a beautiful twink. But your eyes were so glittery and shiny. You were so happy about it. I was. I do love love a twink. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Anyway. So so if you have an opportunity to go to Folsom, go. Go. Have a great time. Mm -hmm. You know, we've been we've been waiting. I know that we've been waiting now. Since since we first started talking about it about four years ago, and finally this was an opportunity for us to get out there, and it was it was so worth it. That was incredible. Mm-hmm. So, how about another question? Okay. Huh. Ooh, this one this one's interesting. Mm-hmm. I know this total hottie at my work. I have seen some curious articles of clothing, studs, necklaces that could be collars, um, and I think that maybe they're into kink. Do you have any suggestions on finding out if they're into BDSM without making things feel weird? Because I just want to find out um, if they know, you know, um, some some you know some things about the community, and and maybe they're like me, you know. But I don't want to. I want to do it in a socially acceptable way. So. so so essentially, I think they're looking for a way to um, get some reliable and like somewhat socially acceptable ways to f- kind of like feel out people, whether they're actually in, in the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's not, that's difficult. And, and I say it's difficult because if, it depends if you're out or not. If you're out, you know, just sit there and wait. You know, because and people the, will come to you. Yeah, and people will come to you. I mean, being I'm out, I'm out at work, and it's something that that my you know my boss teases me about, and and the other people at work ask me about. You know, I had one of who I thought to be. I call her the mom in the tricks, and she is this soccer mom who drives around in a uh, one of those uh, grocery getters or or. Or what are those things called? The, the minivan. The, the minivan. She drives around in the minivan. You know, with the pictures of the people, you know, in various sizes on the oh, back. Yeah, of, yeah. Right, right. Like husband, wife, two and a half kids, and a dog and a cat. Right, right. And she drives around <laughs> with that. And, and you know, it, on the bumper sticker it says, you know, my daughter is an honor student at such and such. And my son plays football for so and so and so forth and so on. And, you know, she pulled me aside and said, hey, um, I, I know about you and I know about... You know, I've heard rumors and I want to ask you a couple questions about Polly. How can you do that? How can, how can you, how can you allow Sheba to go out and, uh, be with other guys? And, and, and I I don't, I just don't understand it. What's, what's the thing. And so it, it, when you're out like that, whether you're Polly or kinky or whatever, whether you're out like that, it gives you the opportunity to be a source of reference for people who are interested and, it's kind of funny because you're standing there and um, 
people can people know that you're out and they come to you and they say hey hush hush wish wish wink wink say say no more say no more and so you have that opportunity to be the you know the person but there's standing ways there. that you can approach people too if you see someone wearing what you think might be a collar one of the best ways is just to kind of you know hey where'd you get that necklace what is that supposed to mean you know and they're not, you know, if they're not kinky, they're not going to realize what you're actually asking. They're going to say, oh, I got it at wherever the hell. I got it at Marshall's or I got it at Macy's or, you know, I was at Bloomies the other day and saw it and I thought it was fabulous. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's something of significance to them, they're going to indicate that, oh, you know, they may touch it and go, it was given to me by a friend. You know, mm-hmm. that would be your first little indication that, oh, maybe, you know, oh, was it given to you for your birthday? Um, no. You know, then you can, you know, judge by what they're doing and what they're saying, whether or not maybe you could ask a few more questions that might lead you to to the knowledge that you're seeking. You know, Mm -hmm. tattoos are another thing. If you notice someone that has tattoos that are indicative of of our lifestyle, ask, you know, hey, that's a great tattoo. You know, where'd you get that done? What does it mean? What's it stand for? I mean, there are a lot of different things that you can say, uh, topics that you can bring up that are a neutral ground that allows a person to decide if they're ready to come out to you or not. Mm-hmm. You know? And you, and you may find, you may find that, that they'll shut you down, even if they are in the lifestyle. Correct. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. you know, for instance, uh, there's, there's a woman who I'm absolutely sure is in the lifestyle who I asked her one time I and mean, she had one of those endless collars that you, that you purchase, um, the solid steel, beautiful, big collar, you know, and she was wearing it one time and I saw her and I said, Hey, that's a wonderful necklace you got there. You know, where'd you get that? Oh, a friend gave it to me. And I said, Oh, okay. You know, um, what's its significance? Oh, it's just, you know, something that we, you know, kind of share together. And I said, Oh, well, that's fantastic. What, what kind of things, you know, does it indicate or does it symbolize? And she said, Oh, it's, you know, it's just a necklace. You know, and she shut it down, even though, even though um, I knew that this particular piece of, of jewelry was specifically sold as a collar. You know, it wasn't there wasn't there wasn't any um, you know there wasn't any mistaking it for what it was, and she you know she just didn't want to talk about it, and that's fine. You need to leave those people um, there. You need to leave the, those people their privacy. You know, so if they don't want to talk about it and you sense the energy getting closed down, just, you know, go with it, go with it, allow them to do that, move you know? on, you know, whereas if, if they start giving you hints and clues, you might be able to continue, right? You know, and don't, don't assume that something around the neck is a collar. I mean, for instance, there was a big fashion trend a year or two ago with those Tiffany chain collars yep. that everybody was wearing. And I was like confused as hell. Mm-hmm. And so I just stopped asking. Because those Tiffany chain collars looked exactly like collars. Right. And there was something that was being sold that looked just like those, the, the, the O-rings that mm-hmm. you see. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a ring that they were selling at Tiffany's as well that looked just like that. Like and then there was this, yeah. yeah. And then l- last year was this big key thing that was going on. People oh, that right, were wearing right, right. locks and keys and things like that, you know. So always ask because you don't know, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and. With some of the the music here lately that's been coming out, you know, and and like what's that song by Rihanna or whatever, that's Sticks now? and Stones, right, Kick My right. Ass, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, those type of musical, you know, videos and things like that start trends in fashion. So you're going to see more people wearing like studded boots and, and leather collars and things like that because it's becoming a trend. Um, so make sure that that you ask in the most vanilla of terms at first. Mm-hmm. 
I hope that answers that question. I mean, it's it, in in essence, coming out to somebody at work or pressuring somebody into giving you information at work is always a slippery slope. Always, you know, because yeah. if if you say the wrong thing, you know, just kink in itself is a sexually based topic. And if somebody is sexually offended by you at work, you risk losing your job. And so it's better to, you know, this is, this is one of those things that better to err on the side of caution. Discretion, discretion is the better part of valor. Mm -hmm. And if, and if you are out, then they're going to feel free coming to you or not. Mm -hmm. And, and my, cause you know, when you say, when you accuse somebody or step into a place where you're forcing them to try to tell somebody that could be considered harassment and you do not want to lose your job over something as silly as curiosity. Mm-mm. No. So speaking anyway. of curiosity, yes. <laughs> there's a lot more to hear on the erotic awakening podcast network. Each week, you can listen to the original Erotic Awakening podcast with Dan and Dawn. It's an educational and entertaining exploration of all things erotic. And once monthly, you can catch a special episode of Erotic Awakening hosted by Lee Harrington. And also, I read here lately that there's something going to be happening with with Molina Williams going to be doing rants for Erotic Awakening. So watch for that in the future. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's... That's... Uh, that's... A lot of things that are that erotic, the Erotic Awakenings podcast network is is uh, coming out with. Yeah, you got to give it to Dan and Don for stepping into a place where we can uh, talk about our kink in a free in a free environment, and you can buy it on iTunes, or not even buy it; it's free on iTunes. It's free just, on yeah, iTunes. Just download it and listen to it, and yeah. have a great time with it, and all that. Yeah, it's great that they're doing this. Speaking of doing things, what is AIS doing? Oh yeah. my goodness! Well, <laughs> How's that for a segue? <laughs> Segway. Well, today is October 3rd, and um, the next thing that AIS is doing is we're having a meet and greet. You know, we're going back to the 8-Ball on Morris Road at the at the Morris Center Plaza. The 8-Ball uh, Bar and Billiards is at, uh, I don't know, whatever Morris Road, whatever number Morris Road that it is. <laughs> Google it, damn it, people. Right. Google it, damn it. 8-Ball Bar and Billiards. So you that's could, October 14th, mm-hmm. you could also, and it starts at about 8 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And we get there and we we rent a, a whole bunch of tables. It's normally uh, attended by somewhere between forty and seventy five to a hundred kinksters, and we rent a whole bunch of tables. We set up the music. We have a great time. Everybody gets a lot of fun. There's a little bit of uh, liquid refreshment that travels around and loosens up your uh, tongue. Yeah, we usually have a, a visit from the tequila fairy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Or is it the Patron Fairy? That's the, the Patron Fairy. And so if you want to come out in a vanilla setting, have a great time, talk to a lot of fun, friendly community kinksters, come on out and, and join us. You All you have to do is walk toward the back and we'll see that look on your face that says, I'm a newbie, and we'll get you right at home. And I promise I will only wear one outfit for the for the meet and greet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what else? Oh, we have something else coming up on the 22nd, don't we? Uh-huh, we do. Yeah. It's going to be the the uh, second time we've gone out for a paintball outing. Mm-hmm. I loved this last time. You should have seen all the Domly Doms pointing out all their bruises. Hey, check this out. Look at this. <laughs> it was so cute. It was. And now we're doing it. Luckily, we're doing it on, on October 22nd. So the, the temperature is going to drop uh, a, a little bit by then. Hopefully, it'll be a nice sunny day for us. Yeah, because you have to wear a, a, you know that mask and the gear. Mm-hmm. And you have to dress with long sleeves and long pants. So it's better to do it. I think in the fall than mm-hmm. the time we did it in August. Woof, that was hot. 
Oh my gosh, we were still all kinds of sweaty, but it was a lot of fun, you know. And and it's it's really cheap. We've already bought the tickets, and you can buy uh, tickets online from us uh, to be part of it. You could buy the tickets online at uh, they're eleven dollars a piece. Okay. Uh, at online, and then they're ten bucks a piece at the event. But we need to know whether you're coming or not because it, first off, it's a it's a rain it's a shine only event, meaning that if it's raining, we're canceling. You know, because I do not want to go running around in the mud. Oh, come on. That would be fun. <laughs> okay. You can run around in the mud. I will sit in the car and watch. Um, <laughs> no, it's if, if, if it's too rainy, we're not going to go. Uh, also, you can buy tickets online or you can buy tickets at once you get there. We will be having... Um, right. Okay. We will be having... Uh, you just made me lose my train of thought completely. I'm sorry, folks. I showed him my boobs. <laughs> Duh. Duh. Pride and joy came out for a visit. <laughs> so we will we will be at we will have uh, tickets there for you if you want. But please let us know. Get on the uh, FetLife event page so we know how we have a good accurate count about how many's coming because it's got to be at least thirty to break up into teams and preferably around sixty. Mm-hmm. So. That's what that's what makes it fun. It's up at Splatter Park. You can get more information at uh, on our website at www.adventuresinsexuality.org. One word, and you'll find if you just follow it around, you'll see the the menu there. And uh, bang, bang, bang. What are uh, some other ways they can reach us? Are on FetLife. You can reach us at Barrick. Or brat underscore Sheba at FetLife. Mm-hmm. Um, you can reach us on Twitter or read what we're twatting about at brat underscore Sheba or AIS underscore org. Um, email, you can get us at Barrick, the letter N, Sheba, at AOL, at Yahoo, at Hotmail, at Gmail, wherever. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can find more out about Barrick and Sheba at uh, panpolybdsm.com. Mm-hmm. You'll also be able to read some of our articles on Sexus. We write a monthly article for Sexus Magazine, S-E-X-I-S Magazine.com, which will get you over to Eden Fantasies, and you'll be able to read some of the things that we're writing about. You can also reach us on FetLife at, when you go to the FetLife Adventures and Sexuality page, group page, you'll be able to see what we're writing about, see what we're doing, and don't hesitate to friend us there. So... That's about it for another episode of BSing with Barrick and Sheba, isn't it? Yeah, we'll be back um, on the first Monday of next month, November oh, oh, 7th. Oh. Oh. Well, that's November oh. 7th. What about November 7th? Well, that's November 7th, <laughs> which means that we're not going to have another podcast before tickets to Wicked go on sale. Oh, my. You are correct. When did they go on sale? The week before, right? Well, let's let's put it this way. You know, if you've made it to the end of this podcast, then you are totally in luck. Because what we're going to tell you is tickets to Winter Wickedness go on sale that Friday at midnight, which I think is Friday the 3rd. I'm not sure. It goes on sale at 12.01 after Friday midnight, which is Saturday on the 4th. Yep. Is it? You have an application right there on that phone you have that does that for you. It tells you dates, and it even might have things written in it to tell you when things are going to happen. It's amazing what you can do with these newfangled technologies. Yes. (laughs) So here's the thing. Tickets go on sale after midnight on Friday the 4th. 
Friday the 4th. Friday right. Friday is the November 4th. 4th. November 4th. Okay. Right? So November 4th at 12.01 or Saturday morning at 12.01 on the 5th, that's when tickets go on sale to the national kink public. Wow. So it'll happen before the next podcast. Yay. Yay. And if you have volunteered at our event, um, at, at, at any AIS event, i.e. COPE, this past one, you will be receiving a email sometime in the next week or two, letting you know exactly how to you can per- get your tickets ahead of time. How you can get your tickets on he- ahead of time, which means that the people volunteering will have a chocolate room. Ooh! And if you want to get a chocolate room for the next event, or if you want to, if you want to volunteer and buy early, the, get the tickets mm-hmm. early. What you have to do is just volunteer. You know, all it takes is an hour or two of your time at the event, and you get the great early tickets for the next event. Yep. So, Winter Wickedness is coming up. We have, on November 12th, we have a party at Princeton, and we'll be making more announcements about that on the website. Yep. Otherwise. Otherwise, thanks for listening to BSing with Barrick and Sheba. Okay, I'm done. You can turn it off.